Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sometimes needing new tires can catch us by surprise. That's why tire power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tirepower.com.au or call 13 21 91. Track off the face of the bat, straight to Labashane. Reflex catch. Lyon gets himself in the book. A fabulous hour for Australia. Last ball of Lyon's over. It's been a good one. Yeah, Using his feet, caught a short leg. No doubt this time. Pope came down the track off the face of the bat, straight to Labashane. Reflex catch. Lyon gets himself in the book. A fabulous hour for Australia. Stark digging deep, lates in his spell. He dives and there's the nick. It was a matter of time. It goes to first slip. David Warner makes no mistake. And that's the end of Joss Butler. Line a little skip at the start of his mark. Six strides in. Bowls. Bowled him! Got under Wokes' defence. Lyon starts to get the reward. Wokes gone for 24. Lyon bowls to Robinson. Wrapped on the pads. Given out. He was back in front of his stumps. He missed it cold. Cam Green continues around the wicket to the left handed Stokes. He readies himself. He's bowled him. He swung. He missed. And that's all, folks. Stokes is gone. Probably whatever they've got when the time is right. From wider on the crease, strikes him on the pad. Oh, run out, run out. They've ended up at the same end, and David Warner has to go. Mass confusion amongst the two Australian batsmen. It didn't look like there was really going to be a breakthrough tonight, but it's come with a complete mix up. He prodded forward, Harris. He set off. Warner did not respond. And Joss Butler had the easy task of whipping off the bales. Yeah, just some of the highlights from day three of the Ashes where it stumps. Australia are one for 45. They lead by 282 runs. Uh, Marcus Harris not out 21, uh, but was part of a, a pretty poor run out with David Warner. Michael Nisa not out too, as I say, leading by 282 runs. Uh, Scott Bailey, who, especially if you're listing through SEN 1170 or up on the Gold Coast as well, you'd hear quite a lot with uh, Matt White and uh, Chris Warren as well, uh, has been kind enough at this very late hour of the day to join us on the line. Scott, a very, very good uh, evening or morning to you. Uh, still evening. At least I get a ten. How you doing? Yeah, very well, mate. Thank you for doing this. Firstly, uh, day night test. Is this your first one you've been to, or you covered a few? Uh, I've covered a few now. They're, they're different ones to cover. They're not quite as uh, sociable, shall we say? Finishing <laughs> work at uh, one a.m. most nights, but they're, they're great theatre, aren't they? And they are. I mean, I must admit, five, six, seven years ago, I wasn't wholly behind the idea of pink ball tests, but now I, I must say I enjoy them probably more than any other in the summer. And I, I find the, the tactics and the strategy around them 
so interesting, to be honest. Yeah, I was saying at the top of the show that obviously uh, we've got to keep the traditions like Boxing Day in Melbourne and the New Year's test mm. in Sydney during the day, but got to be good to see more of these day-night tests. I, I'm with you. Uh, when it first started, I was a bit 50-50 on it, but I think it also brings a whole complete different audience to people that obviously uh, during normal times are at work uh, during the day and then they can tune mm. in for the last three or four hours of uh, each day's play. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. I mean, the, the TV networks obviously love them. The, the ratings are through the roof uh, uh, for them. And, and it's funny, actually. I was just going to say it's funny because you you sometimes end up seeing more of Australia's away series than you do yes. the home series just because of the hours of play. So, no, I couldn't agree more. And I think, yeah, the TV networks would be very much in support of that call. Uh, now, day three, a bit of an interesting one. Uh, you thought uh, after that first session that England was staging some sort of fight back with Joe Root and David Milan, a partnership of 138 runs. And as I said, they were being very competitive and you thought if they could last at least another hour, one of them uh, make 100, they would uh, cause Australia some issues. But uh, again, uh, just very disappointing. Dismissed for 236 and uh, lost eight for 86 uh, in that second session and into that third session. Just really disappointing after a pretty good start by the England side today. Yeah, it's been the story of England's last few tours, really, hasn't it? I mean, Joe Root, now that's the eighth time in Australia that he's been dismissed between 50 and 99. I think that's the equal most of any player in Australia without scoring a century out here. So that sort of sums up uh, where they're at. You know, again, he, he looked in, as did David Milan, just like they both did in Brisbane. Uh, I know Milan spoke tonight and was very much kicking himself about the way he got out and said it wasn't so much a loss of concentration, but just a just an error of judgment and a, you know a poor decision to to try and play that ball for Mitchell Saki. Just got his execution slightly wrong, and he sort of edged a cut shot, if you like, to through the slips. And the, you know the problem is there's just not a lot around them. Is there? Josh Butler's in in some really poor form, um, and you know, the, there are rightfully some question marks about whether he should be in the team at the moment, mostly just because of the fact that do you pick your best keeper or do you, do you pick your best keeper batsman? In terms of Josh Butler, he's, he's not their best keeper, but they believe he's the best keeper batsman that isn't providing runs at the moment. Um, and then Ollie Pope, I think Ollie Pope's got a lot of talent, but sort of, you know, still spying his feet in international cricket despite playing 20-odd tests. And, and Ben Stokes, yeah. I mean, the, the problem is he's one of their best two or three batsmen, but spent the majority of his innings either trying to farm the strike or, or trying to hit out because he was batting with the tail, and that's just not good enough really for England. No, uh, and there are some nothing shots that they got out to some of those batsmen as well uh, today. Uh, Australia not enforcing the follow-on. Were you surprised at that or, or not overly surprised to give uh, the bowlers a bit of a rest before they come out in that second innings? No, not at all surprised. I mean, Steve Smith's always been... Rather hesitant to enforce the follow-on in his uh, previous life as, as captain, but really, I think Australia are just following a script that they followed quite a few times now in, in day-night tests, and will quite happily follow for as long as they can. They they bat first. I found a stat yesterday that was teams who bat first in day-night tests. We've had 16 day-night tests. Um, every single team that has batted first and scored more than 300 in their first innings has gone on to win. Every single team that scored less than 300 in their first innings has lost. So what's clearly evident is if you bat first, you, you bat time, just like Australia did on day one. Uh, you go in two, three, four down after day one. You make sure you bat till uh, the second break on day two. You declare, you get all out, you get the new ball under light. You aim to bowl the opposition team out in about a day because you've got the advantage of essentially two new balls under light potentially. 
you don't enforce the follow-on, you bat until t on day four, then you declare and give the other team four, four sessions of bat with two new balls under locks again. And Australia are following that script again, just as they have previously. And as I say, I think most teams ideally would once they get the hang of day-night cricket. Yeah, no, totally. Marcus Harris, uh, not out at the moment, uh, but under a bit of pressure to keep his spot in the team. It does sound like uh, he will keep his spot no matter what happens in this innings. As I say, not out was part of that run out uh, with David Warner at the very end of the uh, day's play today, which was disappointing. But how much pressure is on uh, Marcus Harris, albeit Australia leading by almost 300 runs? But one feels this is quite a big innings for him when he comes out to bat and resume his innings tomorrow. Yeah, I think it's a massive opportunity for him would be, would be the best way to put it. I, I don't think that uh, you know, a failure or an early out tomorrow or whatever would seal his fate. I think that I don't see them changing a winning side except for the obvious ones with Pat Cummins coming back in and Josh Hazelwood uh, if fit coming back in. Uh, but what it does do is he's going to have a chance against the pink ball during the daylight, which we've seen doesn't offer a lot for bowlers, particularly um, when they're not coming in at speeds of like for Mitch Stark, the English attack is that little bit slower. So, you know, if Marcus can put on um, some runs tomorrow, he'd go a long way towards cementing his spot for the rest of this series. I would have thought the, the you know, he, he would no doubt have been quite happy to see Dave Warner play this test because if Dave Warner hadn't played, that would have brought Usman Kawaja back into the fold and potentially opened the door for Usman to score a lot of runs and, you know, and seize his opportunity. And then it might have been a little bit hard to drop Osman. But, yeah, I think it's more an opportunity than it is um, a stack of pressure on him to, to keep his spot. Amazing what David Warner is doing as well was revealed over the past uh, 24 hours that he's requiring multiple injections just to get through uh, playing. Uh, he was always probably going to play uh, this test match, Scott. But if Australia are to... Well, if they win uh, this one, obviously only 2-0 up, so you'd think he'd play at Boxing Day. But if they are to wrap up the series over the next course of the next 10 days or so, you'd think he would probably uh, rest at least one of the last two matches you'd expect, surely. Mm, it's hard to know because it's not like it's a muscle injury that can get worse. I mean, it is... The thing with Rubes, my understanding is obviously you do have some minor, minor risk there of some pretty serious complications. But it's not quite like risking a groin or a hamstring or a calf where um, you can tear it and find yourself out of cricket for six months or whatnot. So it's hard to say. I mean, watching Dave in the Nets on Tuesday night, I, I personally thought he could well have been out of the test. He, uh, he essentially um, was only given half volleys of fuller balls to, off the wing of the, the sidearm device they use and the one or two balls he did go back to, he was clearly in pain. I just thought, oh, I don't know if he'll be able to play a test in two days' time. But obviously, they were able to needle him up. We saw last summer that he, he played through a groin injury that I think he admitted himself afterwards that um, he probably shouldn't have played through because it limited his movement a little bit too much and didn't give him enough time to recover. But what it shows is that he, he just does not want to miss test, test for Australia. He already missed the whole summer, or a whole year, a couple of years ago. So... He's at that time on the sidelines. So, no, I don't think he'll be putting his hand up to, to miss a game. Let's put it that way. Just before we get on to the Pat Cummins situation, a very important day for Cameron Green, getting that wicket of Joe Root. There's been a bit of criticism of Cameron Green early on in this series, uh, not making too many runs with the bat, but a vital wicket today that really changed the course of the day's play. Yeah, absolutely. It's a bit of a reward for selectors what he's done with the ball in the last two tests. Obviously, he removed Joe Root. Um, in Brisbane as well. He's drawn his edge twice now. and He 
he um you know he he went through last summer without taking a wicket but collectors have clearly just said this is our man for the future he is our long-term all-rounder uh yeah obviously it hasn't come off the bat so far the Ricky Ponting was talking today about some slight little technical adjustments that need to be made. But, you know, they're, they're going to have faith in him. Um, Mitch Marsh, if, if there was a bit of red ball cricket on at the moment, the form that Mitch Marsh is in, potentially he could have put some pressure on. But I, I don't see any way in which the selectors lose their faith in him because, you know, as someone puts to me today that he started as a, when he was much younger as a bowling all-rounder, then through injuries became a batting all-rounder. Now, this summer, he's evidently a bowling all-rounder again. But when he eventually nails it, geez, he's going to be a very good cricketer. Yeah, no, definitely. I think he's definitely worth keeping in the team. Now, the whole Pat Cummins uh, thing, just a couple on this before we let you go. Uh, very odd start to this test match. I don't think anyone would have expected that. He's now back in at New South Wales, flew back in uh, today. Uh, obviously expecting him to play in that third test, but just a, a weird story. One that if just anyone had suggested a couple of years ago something like this would happen, they'd think you're crazy. I did. Um, I did think to myself the other day that imagine uh, on March 25, 2018, <laughs> the day after the ball tampering scandal, mm. someone said, "Yeah, Steve Smith will captain his country True. again." It will be because Pat Cummins came into contact with someone who was feeling a bit ill. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> isn't showing symptoms himself. We just can't let him play cricket. I mean, obviously the world has changed dramatically since then. So a bit of breaking news on that actually mm. um, is that Mitch Stark said tonight that. Um, and obviously Mitch Stark and Nathan Lyon were uh, at the restaurant as well, but they were sitting outside, so therefore they were in casual contacts and able to play. But the only reason they weren't sitting with Pat Cummins was because Pat Cummins had forgot to reply to their message earlier <laughs> in the day about where they were going to eat that night. So they also went to the restaurant, but um, as uh, Mitch Stark described at night, it was a bit of a piss take on Pat Cummins, and they just refused to sit with him, uh, as a, <laughs> essentially saying, well, you didn't reply to us, so we won't sit with you, mate. So had they, I mean, if Pat Cummins had replied to their text message, mm. then there is every chance Australia would have gone into this test match with a bowling attack of Mark Steckity, Scott Boland, Jai Richardson, um, Mitchell Swepson and Cameron Green, making probably Jai Richardson the leader of the attack after two tests. So that just about sums up where things are at. But in, in all seriousness, mm. it does um, pose some questions about how things are going to be in Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah. Um, uh, they'll be told to to only dine outside, um, not to dine inside. But obviously, the case numbers are going on in Sydney and Melbourne. You do fear that uh, there could be further... Um, challenges ahead for this series, I think. Yeah, there's a bit of news coming out. I uh, appreciate you being busy tonight about this, that with the rising coronavirus cases, both in Melbourne and Sydney, uh, Cricket Australia has elevated biosecurity protocols to level four restrictions for the next two uh, test matches. So mm-hmm. uh, the Sun Herald in Sydney reported players drinking in bars, getting haircuts and working out in public gyms will all be banned for the Boxing Day tests and New Year test build-ups in response to the daily case numbers. 2,482 in New South Wales... Uh, on Saturday, uh, Victoria 1,504. Uh, players also unlikely to be allowed to sign autographs or take selfies with fans in the lead-up to and during the next uh, two games, obviously prohibited from mixing in crowds. Mm. Um, under the new guidelines, players can only visit family or friends in an outside setting, and if they are required to go inside, they must undergo a COVID test. Uh, so, uh, again, uh, they're going through a bit of a tough time, these players. Obviously, they want to uh, be on the field, so they will do it. Do, do it. They will do it. But, of course, uh, we kind of thought all this was over just over a month ago, but now back onto level four restrictions when they touch down in Melbourne next week. Which is funny because while all those restrictions 
sound like a lot. Mm. Essentially, it is just don't eat inside. Like, don't mm. go indoors in, in indoor public places and don't, um, you know, essentially be touching the public. <laughs> that yeah. can sound like there's some kind of higher-class citizen. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm. But, I mean, if you compare that to, and, and uh, as you know, I, I spent half my, the other half of my life covering rugby league. If you compare that to the bubble restrictions that were on the NRL players, um, just before they left Sydney or the, the um, I think we got the stage five, I think it was for memory um, restrictions uh, throughout the whole or the vast majority of the 2020 NRL season. I'm sure the AFL was similar. Um, th- those restrictions are still far, the NRL restrictions are still far, far harsher than what the Cricket Australia ones are. So obviously there's a real challenge there with um, the players and, and, and trying to balance that mental well-being of not locking them up in hotel rooms um, while also trying to protect the game and protect the players from catching the virus. And that was obviously a big sticking point or a big talking point regarding whether England were ever going to come to her. And, and of course, it is fair to note that um, every single... I mean, Cricket Australia was the first sport in the country to have all their domestic players vaccinated. So um, we're in a very different space now to what we were in mid-2020. But it, there still are, I guess, some real challenges ahead about where the line is between mental well-being and keeping the summer alive. Yeah, very true. It also says Cricket Australia will still allow players to dine outdoors in their groups of three, uh, so as not to submit mm. them to further isolation after a long pandemic. Uh, Scott, final question. Do you think Australia goes on to win this test match? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think Australia declare slightly after uh, the tea break tomorrow night. England are sort of three down um, going into day five at, or at some on day four, and then uh, probably... Towards the tea break on day five, I would say Australia win the test, go 2 0 up in the series. And geez, it's a hard ask from there for England. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Scott, mate, thank you very much. I hope you enjoy the uh, last two days, at least, uh, definitely a day of the second test match. And uh, we appreciate you giving up your time. We'll speak again soon. No worries at all. Have a good night, Dan. Thanks, mate. Scott Bailey from AAP does some good stuff uh, there and also uh, with us here on SEN across the various uh, various SEN stations. So we do appreciate that. Uh, 1300 736 736 is the open line. You can give us a text 0433 Asking you tonight uh, or this morning, depending uh, where you are, uh, your sporting bucket list. What event would you like to go to? Uh, that you haven't been to. I'll tell you a story of mine a a bit later on, maybe after the next break, or an event that you would have loved to have gone to, uh, could be any time, but didn't. Got some texts through uh, that I'll read out after this next break. 1300 736 736, text 0433 98 11 16. Breaking back with more. This is the Overnight Crowd. Life's so full on. I've been working on this deck for ages. These steaks don't cook themselves, you know. Life's good with a Trex deck. Composite decking made from 95% recycled materials that won't rot, stain or fade. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.